Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 1. The Beginning of Things. Part 3. The children came home to one o'clock dinner, but Mother was not there, and she was not there at tea time. It was nearly seven before she came in, looking so ill and tired that the children felt they could not ask her any questions. She sank into an armchair. Phyllis took the long pins out of her hat, while Roberta took off her gloves, and Peter unfastened her walking shoes and fetched her soft, velvety slippers for her. When she had had a cup of tea and Roberta had put eau de cologne on her poor head that ached, Mother said, Now, my darlings, I want to tell you something. Those men last night did bring very bad news, and Father will be away for some time. I am very worried about it, and I want you all to help me and to not make things harder for me. As if we would, said Roberta, holding Mother's hand against her face. You can help me very much, said Mother, by being good and happy and not quarreling when I'm away. Roberta and Peter exchanged guilty glances. For I shall have to be away a good deal. We won't quarrel, indeed we won't, said everybody, and meant it too. Then, Mother went on, I want you to not ask me any questions about this trouble, and not to ask anybody else any questions. Peter cringed, and shuffled his boots on the carpet. You'll promise this too, won't you? said Mother. I did ask Ruth, said Peter suddenly. I'm very sorry, but I did. And what did she say? She said I should know soon enough. It isn't necessary for you to know anything about it, said Mother. It's about business, and you never do understand business, do you? No, said Roberta. Is it something to do with the government? For Father was in a government office. Yes, said Mother. Now it's bedtime, my darlings, and don't you worry. It'll all come right in the end. Then don't you worry either, Mother, said Phyllis, and we'll all be good as gold. Mother sighed and kissed them. We'll begin being good the first thing tomorrow morning, said Peter, as they went upstairs. Why not now, said Roberta. Well, there's nothing to be good about now, silly, said Peter. We might begin to try to feel good, said Phyllis, and not call names. Who's calling names, said Peter. Bobby knows right enough when I say silly. It's just the same as if I said Bobby. Well, said Roberta. No, I don't mean what you mean. I mean it's just a... What is it, Father calls it? A germ of endearment. Good night. The girls folded up their clothes with more than usual neatness, which was the only way of being good that they could think of. I say, said Phyllis, smoothing out her pinafore, you used to say it was so dull, nothing happening like in books. Now something has happened. I never wanted things to happen to make Mother unhappy, said Roberta. Everything's perfectly horrid. Everything continued to be perfectly horrid for some weeks. Mother was nearly always out. Meals were dull and dirty. The between-maid was sent away, and Aunt Emma came on a visit. Aunt Emma was much older than Mother. She was going abroad to be a governess. She was very busy getting her clothes ready, and they were ugly, dingy clothes, and she had them always littering about, and the sewing machine seemed to whir on and on all day and most of the night. Aunt Emma believed in keeping children in their proper places, and they more than returned the compliment. Their idea of Aunt Emma's proper place was anywhere where they were not so they saw very little of her. They preferred the company of the servants who were more amusing. Cook, if in a good temper, could sing comic songs, and the housemaid, if she happened not to be offended with you, could imitate a hen that has laid an egg. 
a bottle of champagne being opened, and could mew like two cats fighting. The servants never told the children what the bad news was that the gentleman had brought to father, but they kept hinting that they could tell a great deal if they chose, and this was not comfortable. One day, when Peter had made a booby trap over the bathroom door and it had acted beautifully as Ruth passed through, that red-haired parlor-maid caught him and boxed his ears. "'You'll come to a bad end,' she said furiously, "'you nasty little limb, you. "'If you don't mend your ways, you'll go where your precious father's gone, "'so I tell you straight.' Roberta repeated this to her mother, and the next day Ruth was sent away. Then came the time when mother came home and went to bed and stayed there two days, and the doctor came, and the children crept wretchedly about the house and wondered if the world was coming to an end. Mother came down one morning to breakfast, very pale and with lines on her face that used not to be there. And she smiled, as well as she could, and said, "'Now, my pets, everything is settled. We're going to leave this house and go and live in the country. Such a ducky, dear little white house. I know you'll love it.' A whirling week of packing followed, not just packing clothes, like when you go to the seaside, but packing chairs and tables, covering their tops with sacking and their legs with straw. All sorts of things were packed that you don't pack when you go to the seaside. Crockery, blankets, candlesticks, carpets, bedsteads, saucepans, and even fenders and fire irons. The house was like a furniture warehouse. I think the children enjoyed it very much. Mother was very busy, but not too busy now to talk to them and read to them, and even to make a bit of poetry for Phyllis to cheer her up when she fell down with a screwdriver and ran it into her hand. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot all at the end of the road